Boom. What's going on, y'all? It's your man Smash with another episode of the Tuesday Night Smash Cash Dog. What's good? Got the AC kicking, got the dog in the back. What's up, man? Say hello. Oof. Got you. She don't sound like that. Fucking, yeah. I found some jazz. Hopefully it's not too loud. I mean, it's barely loud right now. You know, usually I got to put the TV at 6. I put it at 10 because I can barely hear it. Because it's a different channel than what I usually put it on to. <clears throat> but anyway, guys, what's going on? I got some fruit. And I got some ice cream, bro. I got the counterproductive and the productive. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I'm warm with myself right now. Do I have these berries or do I have this ice cream? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever been in that dilemma? Like, I know a lot of us have been in that. I don't just mean fat people. Like, people have been in this fucking dilemma where it's almost bedtime, right? You got you got about four hours before you got to go sleep. You just ate something heavy. You haven't really had anything healthy like that all fucking day. Uh, nothing crazy. And you're staring down some fruit. And you know you got to have this fruit to get the good sugar, to get the nutrients, to get all this and all that. And then there's that ice cream. The good shit. The fun shit. Not to say the berries ain't fun, but it ain't ice cream. And especially chocolate. (sighs) Nigga, chocolate. Love me some chocolate. I don't need that ice cream, bro, but it's looking good as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Anyway, so what I wanted to talk about with y'all today. Let me bring this shit closer. What I want to talk about with y'all today. uh, So, I'm an avid fan of Gendy Tartakovsky. Like, this is going to be a cartoon podcast, you know, if you ain't with cartoons, leave now, or if you, or if you want to learn something, stay the fuck here, bro, figure it out, so I'm an avid fan of Gendy Tartakovsky, creator of Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab, um, I haven't seen an episode, an actual episode of, De- a full episode of Dexter's Lab since, like, 2008, and even then, I may be, I may be lowballing. I've probably been a little soon, uh, later, sooner. I mean, but I don't remember it like that. Um, especially when before Gendy left, before they did the whole animation change. But uh, see, I'm yawning already. I don't need no fucking ice cream. I need me some berries, bro. Let me get these shits. Too early to be yawning, dog. Strawberries, bro. That ain't some more portion of the podcast, you know? I already got the jazz. Why not spice it up? Nah, but, so boom, I've always been a fan of Samurai Jack, though, always been a fan, even when I wasn't, like, I wasn't watching every episode back in the day, but I was watching them, like, I wasn't current with it, but I was watching it when it came on, 
always been a fan of Sam Jack, especially recently. Like, ever since, I mean, season five dropped 2018, right? If I remember correctly. And that's what reinvigorated my love for Jack. Like, that's what bought it back and made it stronger, bro. And then, because then when, when Gendy uh, took it to Adult Swim, that's when, um, I, I don't want to say shit got better, but there was a revival. And I got to be honest with you, man, Adult Swim ain't got shit right now. I mean, outside of anime... Like, Adult Swim had some bangers back in the day, bro. But now I look at it and I'm just like, why was Adult Swim always on some bullshit, bro? Like, if it wasn't for Toonami, would I even really watch Toonami and King of the Hill? No, Toonami, King of the Hill, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Robot Chicken. If it wasn't for these shits, would I even be on this motherfucker? And even then, King of the Hill, they shared that shit with Fox. So... And then they stopped playing it on Fox. And then it, it wasn't exclusively on Adult Swim for a little bit. But I'm like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, it was bad for a minute, bro, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit, G. I didn't like Adult Swim one bit like that. I mean, they got some okay shit. Like, I, they had some okay shit for a little bit. Like, delocated. I, I mean, relocated. Whatever that shit was. That weird shit. Loiter Squad was a banger. I ain't gonna hold you. Uh, and now they got some shit out. Crystal Fantasy. That Australian shit. I'm surprised. I'm honestly shocked that uh, Mr. Pickles is still a thing, bro. I wish that shit would rot in hell. Crawl back on. Crawl under the rock where it came from. And I only say that because... That show's about a, a satan, satanic border collie, bro. That human centipedes, niggas. Bro, I got a border collie. And I don't want her human centipeding me with my family. So what the fuck? Now nah, she wouldn't do that. She'd probably give a nigga titties or something. Just like that weirdo. Nah, but... Yeah, so... I wasn't really a fan of what Adult Swim had on like that. And to know that they bought... They took one of Cartoon Network's greatest shows. They took the shit because Jack's audience now—we're all adults. All of us are. We grew. We're we're, we're grown ups now. So it makes sense to put it on the more adult block. And it's funny because Jack's not a mature show. It's, it's it's something everybody can watch if you have patience. And the thing is, Jack teaches you patience. Like it's not like there's blood and guts all over the place. Nobody ain't nobody cursing. There's no fuck or there's nobody's fucking. It's but it deals with adult themes that it teaches kids about uh perseverance never giving up loneliness dealing with rage and frustration like there's whole episodes dedicated to these themes emotions and whatnot um and 
I thought I think Gendy, the way Gendy presents it is beautifully. Like he says, you know, Gendy, Gendy also, you know, he grabs his nuts when he talks about his work. He tells you, listen, my work teaches people about is is all about patience, building, anticipation, suspension, making you recognize characters and whatnot, and. Either you learn to have patience while watching my show, or you don't watch my show. You know, it's like, and I don't want to say, no, 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 I don't want to say he presents it like that. He, he, he presents it like, my show's about patience. If you don't, if you can't, if you don't have patience, then get out. But you don't have to get out because it's so fucking enthralling that you'll sit there and watch it. In all honesty. Especially, and that's needed in today's ADHD culture where everybody, like, everything's instantaneous. Everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants, like, a, a fucking cookie just for existing. And I'm not exempt from that. I'm in that box too, G. Kidding me? I wasn't born in this era, but I grew up in this era, okay? I'm still growing. So. And then Samurai Jack Season 5 came out. Because four, I didn't I, like I said I, I wasn't keeping up with four like that. But then season and it and I seen every episode on uh, adults on the Adult Swim app five times, like not not five times, like three times. Every I've seen every I went through the whole series like three times before they put it behind a bunch of locks and keys and shit. So now I have to go actually go out and buy the 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 complete series on Blu-ray for like sixty beans, but fuck it. And I still have yet to read the comics. Um, I'm hoping to do that one day. But season five dropped, and it wasn't bloody. They cursed in like one episode. There was blood in like three, at the most. No, no, I'm wrong. There was blood in a few of them, but yeah, niggas only cursed like. The, the samurai samurai said damn they said SOB and that's it they ain't even cursed bro like that they, they really the worst thing homie said was damn and it was supposed to be comical bro oh and they said penis they, that nigga that nigga scaramouche when he was on the boat he was like whoa what a, he was like whoa what a freak that guy looked like a talking penis which was funny because Tom Kenny said penis and you don't usually hear him say penis but it was whatever so but it used the, it used the more mature themes just to its advantage Jack killed somebody you know there was blood like it was more just violence than anything else like you, know, you didn't see titties Unless you, taste, Unless you got two dots on a child. Fuck it. But that would be pedophilia. And my son is not a pedophile. So. It wasn't really mature. And. This is long-winded. I'm taking forever to get to my to get to my main topic, bro. Fucking history of Samurai Jack and shit. Uh, 
so anyway, right? There was no cussing, and then we fast forward to 2019, where a show is announced at Comic Con. A show by Gendy Tartakovsky, creator Samurai Jack. Right off the coattails, not right off the coattails, yeah. A year after his famed show comes to its conclusion, a show is announced. He's working on another one called Primal. And it's about a caveman named Spear. Well, he doesn't actually have a name in the show, but we call him Spear. Because he holds a spear all the time. And his dinosaur companion, best fucking friend, I'm, I, I almost called her a pet, but she's way more than a fucking pet. She's not a pet. She's a whole character. She ain't like Goddard in Jimmy Neutron. She ain't like Astro in fucking Jetsons. She is a whole character, bro. Uh, a T-Rex named Fang. And she's got one big ass, like, she's got a bunch of, like, she's got a bunch of fangs, but she's got one big ass fang on the right side of her, uh, coming out the right side of her mouth that comes, like, to the top of her uh, muzzle. And so she has a signature fang. <clears throat> and they basically are just going around their primordial world, and the main theme is to survive. And there's only five episodes they just dropped the sixth one after announcing that well there was planned to be ten but they first dropped five last year and then they just announced that and then they just announced the other the last five are coming and that they're working on season two which I'm like yeah but then I'm like nah because the show is fucking beautiful a fucking masterpiece. No, I can't say masterpiece because it's got some errors here and there. But that's not even story-wise. It's really editing-wise. In all honesty. Um, But it's fucking... It's a, it is art, my nigga. Like, there's no dialogue at all whatsoever. They tell a story through grunts, roars, screams, yell. You know, it's fucking animal noises, bro. The... The... the 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 background, the world itself is a character, bro. Life in every corner on some Jim Henson shit. Like, beautiful show, bro. I watch it religiously. I've watched every episode. There's only five, but I've watched them over and over and go. Like, I, I can say, bro, this is my top three favorite shows of all time, bro. SpongeBob, Ed and Nettie, Primal. Like SpongeBob, Ed and Nettie. I gotta get my I gotta get my top five shows together, bro. But that's three of them right fucking there, bro. Like, I cannot believe how good this fucking show is, my nigga. Like, like, and it's fan and it's fantasy. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's men and dinosaurs. Like, it's men. Like it's it's uh Neanderthals, it's dinosaurs, it's mammoths, it's fucking insects, it's like fucking gorilla men like my nigga like come on bro vampire bat spider shits like bro 
And there's a linear story that jumps from one thing to another, like episode one and two are connected, and then episode five and six are connected. But overall, it's just like three, episode three, four, three and four are linear story. No, no, yeah. Three and four are like they're doing their own thing. Episode three, they're fucking with a bunch of mammoths. Like my favorite fucking episode is episode three. Fucking with a bunch of mammoths. Like you, you, they killed one mammoth, and then the rest of the herd, they don't want revenge. They just want their their homies tusk back, because they gotta take it to the graveyard. Like homie, bro, you gotta watch this shit, bro. They don't want revenge, bro. They just want the tusk. Like we understand, like we're a bunch of mammoths. We understand that you're hungry, bro. We don't give a fuck. We just want the tusk. Just give us back a piece of our friend, man. Like beautiful shit, bro. And I say a bunch of editing issues, bro, because there's this one shit, like, and especially in episode three, bro. Episode three's got the horrendous amount of editing issues, but it's not like it's choppy quick takes no it's like there's this one scene after they kill the mammoth where Spears got three cuts on his back and then but in the previous shot he's got his back is clean and then the next cut he's got three cuts so I'm like wait a minute let them get there and even then how's there three cuts mammoths only have two tusks so unless he got hit three times and then those three times were parallel from each other that's impossible or Fang accidentally stepped on him, which we did not see. So, but it's just shit like that. Like, but aside from that, bro, it's fucking beautiful. Aside from edits like that, bro. And even then, in most of the episodes, they're small shit. Small. Like, I'm really willing to let this shit slide because it's so good, bro. Now, what the main topic I want to talk about today is I know I'm on Gindy's nuts right now, bro, because that's, bro, because I love Primal too fucking much. Like I said, they dropped episode six. Episode six. I'm not going to spoil this shit for you, bro, because it's, even though I could go I could go tell that nigga Gindy to go fuck himself for what he did, for what happened, bro, I really want to go, I really want to tell him to go fuck himself, bro, because whoo, I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> Just not gonna do it. Um, spoilers for the show, bro. Go back, watch all six, watch all six episodes, then come back to watch this. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you ten seconds, ten long seconds. One, two, three. You better leave the fuck now. Four. I can't talk about this shit without telling, without spoiling. I'm sorry. Five. My nigga, it's just how it is. Six. So anyway, you better get the fuck out now, G. You had six whole seconds. Um, boom. So in after Rage of Eight Men, after them fucking gorilla niggas, after that fucking gorilla beat the fuck out of Fang, bro. Damn near killed her, which in all honesty, I hate fake out deaths because of how frequent they are these days. Um, she's alive. Somehow she survived that ass kicking. Um, and somehow she survived, bro. I don't know how. And plot, I guess. And she coughs up some blood. She's alive. The next episode, episode six kicks off. She's alive. We find out she, she lives. But before that, 
spear is sitting right right next to her. He's holding her. He's he, he's he's fucking pissed. He's sad. He's angry. He's feeling lonely because right before five episodes before this, we seen his whole family get eaten. His wife and two sons got eaten right in front of him, and as he was coming back with dinner. Like, what? Like, my son was coming back with some fish for dinner. And then his fucking family, and he just watches his whole family get eaten alive, bro. Like, buy some T-Rexes. Buy some other T-Rexes. And so now it's like he watched the death of his family. And he had to watch the death of his best friend. But the difference, the only, the only real difference between the two was that he wasn't tied up with his family. His family, like these niggas, abducted the, the, the fucking gorillas when they, when they beat him, like when they found them, they they knocked them out, tied them up, hung them, hung them high until it was their turn to get there, and then they, and then the ape men kicked the hell out of each other, and then Spear and Fang watched that shit until it was their time to get fucked up. So, I'm sitting here sick, like, yo, she took a hell of an ass beating by a fucking hulked out gorilla, and she's alive. Get the fuck out of here, Gendy, come on. Anyway, I digress. So, the thing is, Fang, when Fang's family died, he, he got so depressed, like any, any human being should. And that homie was climbing a cliff. And he was going to jump, bro. He was dead looking over. He was dead looking over that cliff, bro. Like, this is this is it. This is it. Like, my fucking family just got eaten. Who am I? And he talked himself out of it. He, he bitched out of it. Right, good. Like, good. And he, you know, he didn't, but he was looking at, he was looking at the, the setting sun and he saw, no, no, the rising sun. And then he saw his family in that sun and he's like, and then he was like, okay, my family will want me to live on. I have a higher purpose than this. He just didn't kill himself, but he's still feeling fucked up. He just couldn't bring himself to kill himself. And the thing is, is that if you pay attention to his face and that scene, bro, he looks like he's going to cry. And... I want him to cry. He ain't crying. You think he would? You know, he just—he just his whole family just died. He ain't crying. And that's part of what I want to talk about today: the subject of toxic masculinity. Uh You know, I'm not a fan of toxic masculinity. I'm not a fan of feminism either. Well, toxic feminism. Uh, I think a lot of feminists can go fuck themselves with the dildos that they fuck themselves with. Uh, And I hate the fact that you take something that 
and this is what Black Lives Matter did for a good minute until they actually corrected themselves. But feminism, feminism was a good thing until some wackadoo women t- took it too far. Uh, you're just taking something that's supposed to be a good thing and you're turning it into an extreme. And that's when niggas phase out. So, and an example of toxic masculinity is something like men that can't cry. Basically, you're just supposed to have a mental breakdown and you're just supposed to just be stoic, angry, pissed off, violent, grab a gun. You know, you're just, you're just supposed to be this angry, violent guy. You're not supposed to express sadness because it's weak. And this is this is and this isn't new. That's how it's been for a millennia. I don't know who started the trend. Uh but I know that niggas need to knock it off because I ain't gonna hold you when I'm sad as fuck. Crying's helped me a lot, in all honesty. It's on fuck it's like jacking off when you're horny. And all no, no, and I'm not trying to be funny. Like when you get pent up, you thinking about a female, and you get pent up, and you lose focus. You just, yeah. dude. If you really, in all honesty, if you bust a nut, bro, you recalibrate your system, you refocus. And crying, if you feel the need to cry, you you, and you feel immense sadness, bro. You gotta let it out, or else it's, it will eat you up. And it will do more damage than having a busted nut, but you, you gotta cry, bro. And I'm to the point where I can't cry like that anymore. Just just because I've done it so much already. Done a lot of crying within the last year, bro. Within this year alone, bro, I've done a lot of fucking crying, bro. A lot, a lot of shit. I've been growing trying to grow up bro can't grow up without tears so that was the problem with Spear and cause I love Spear I thought he was the perfect male character big burly strong nigga excellent father t- teaches his kids how to hunt he didn't smack his kids at least we didn't see him do it no let me stop cares deeply about his friends and loved ones dedicated father he literally had this one character flaw other than the fact that he can't die. Did the music just raise up? Let me turn this shit down. Alright. But yeah, he had this one character flaw where he could not cry. I really feel like he was... The perfect male character. No, yeah, he's a caveman. He doesn't have to deal with taxes or any of that shit. But he provided for his family, teaches his sons how to hunt. He teaches, you know, he cares deeply about his friends. He's not afraid to show emotion like that. Except for crying. He couldn't cry. He knows He knows when to fight. He knows when not to fight. Like, he was a man. And... In the world, because in the world he lives in, bro, you got to be a fucking man. You got to be a fucking man. You can't be a boy in, in the world he lives in, bro, or you will get eaten. We seen that in the first episode, bro. 
But episode six changed that. Episode six turned Spear, I believe, into the perfect male character. In all honesty, because he cried when he's holding Fang. Like, with all these dead bodies around, after he just let out all of his anger, rage, and frustration after killing all the eight men. Because, bro, <laughs> if you paid attention from episode one to five, when this nigga raged out at episode five at Korg and all the other apes, bro, you know that nigga was still pissed off about his family dying, bro. About all the danger, the constant struggles, all that, bro. You know he was all that, all this kept pent up rage and anger he finally let it out that's why episode 5 I think is so imperative to the story because this nigga like up until this point you feel the anger and the rage that this nigga has bro the the show is very angry it's a very angry show because it has to be but it knows when to release that anger like Joker it knows when to release the emotions and uh so actually maybe it was an artistic thing for Gendy for him to not show Spear cry until this ultimate like and I'm not defending his decision but I see why he would do it like he wanted Spear to suppress not suppress he because the nigga almost killed himself so he was feeling fucked up it's not that he, it's not like he wasn't sad but just the outward expression is is what I'm talking about. Um, that's all I'm saying. Just the tears. Like, you know, so. Uh, but. He was. I mean, the man was holding her, holding his best friend. His best fucking friend. And he starts crying. And I was dead looking at this dude watching the watching this show. And I was like, yo, my nigga, you better cry, bro. I was really looking. I really said, I was like, yo, my nigga. Like, just like that, my nigga, you better fucking cry. And then he cried. And I thought, he's the, he is now the perfect character. Like... In all honesty, because he cried and then he yelled out of frustration, like, and he was ready to leave. And then that's when Fang coughed up blood. She was alive. But, like, I look at this nigga, I'm just like, this is, this is, this is a man right here. From an artist's perspective, I could see where Gendy would come off and having him cry. Like, Gendy uses all the emotions in this show. And every emotion, every emotion is used in this show. But sadness he reserves only when it needs to be used. For the most part, anger's at the forefront because this is when your senses are heightened. This is when you're actually most powerful. This is, you know, you need it to fight. You need it. Anger, just as much as you need 
clearness and steadiness. Plus, it makes for a damn good fight. So, while this nigga's crying, like, no, <laughs> Jesus. And the whole episode, it's him taking care of his best friend, nursing her back to health. This nigga builds a fucking sleigh to carry her. He's, he's pouring water from his hand into her mouth. He's bringing her food. He's doing what he has to to keep his friend alive. And like, and and it's not even just like a oh, I carried you all this way. Like, no, this nigga literally dug a hole, like dug a dip, built a sleigh, and pulled like ninety pounds, like ninety tons. A t- I'm lying, like a ton of T Rex. I don't know how much this bitch weighs, bro. But you like you look at her, she weighs a fucking lot, bro. Nigga Spears like seven feet tall. She picks it, bro. He picks her up. He's basically farmer carrying her for however many miles. And the nigga's hands are calloused, aching, burnt, pain. Like the lengths he goes through to get his friend to safety is beautiful. It really is beautiful, bro. Like. I really, I really just like, I really, of all the character, of all the male character, like he's a better character than Jack. I, I have, I will say that Jack's done some wild shit. You know, he's, he's a mad, nice dude, mad, mad, good person has to be a will that fucking sword, but he doesn't understand that his, that there's a plot hole in his story, which is he does all this shit for the future. But the moment he goes back to the past and kills Aku, how do you know this shit's even gonna happen, bro? So you know, and even in that process, note that like Gendy wasn't exploring the uh, space-time continuum, the multiverse theory, so he didn't explain that. Oh, if I dip now, I go back to my time, it will split off and create a new timeline. Like you know, he didn't explore that. So basically, time back in the day was linear. So if he were to go back in time. All that shit would get fucked up. So, like, that's a big-ass plot hole that we gloss over because we love the show. So, but anyway, so, so, toxic, man, toxic masculine characters, bro. Like, I could go on forever, and I'm not trying to because just because of time, um, about toxic masculinity and toxic masculine characters, but really, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of womanizing characters. I'm not a fan of men that don't cry. I mean, <clears throat> like, here's here's the thing: a lot of a lot of these boys out here, these little lady boys, Nancy boys, I believe it. They're really out here. Like, I, I okay, let me, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying, cause I got a lot to say, but I'm trying to find a particular way to say it so I could say everything. Uh, there's a lot of people saying toxic masculinity 
you know, a version of that is men with muscles saving everybody. And that's that was a running gag on Record Ralph too, where a big strong man saves girls, saves the princess, and then all their problems are gone. Which I I, I never fuck with Disney's lifestyle anyway because that's what Disney put out um, until Mulan came around and broke that trend. Uh. Or was it Ariel? Fuck it. But I want. I think. Who gives a fuck if the man's got muscles? Like, I want to bring up Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. There's a thing going on where it's like, oh, he's not a representation of toxic masculinity where you have to have muscles to be this kind of character to, to, you know, be a man and all that. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. No, it's true. But the way they presented it made it sound very faggy. And I just didn't like the way he said it. But but in all honesty, they're right. You, you men, just because you're not some six foot, 200 pounds of muscle, or even you're just one, you're one eight, you're 170 lean muscle. Uh, that just because you're not like that doesn't make you a man, which is true. There's a lot of men out there, bro, that are men. And they ain't big guys. Like, I mean, come on. Like, some of the some of the richest men out here right now that are men, they're old, bro, feeble motherfuckers, bro. They take pills in the morning because they can afford it. Probably as good as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't gotta be no fucking Hulk to be a man. In Spears' case, you do, but I get it. Like, and that was also the thing about How to Train Dragon. It was a thing about Shrek. You know, for how long? Like, that was the whole thing with Shrek, too. How long did has has it been this six-foot dude with muscles comes through, saves everybody? Like, I mean, come on, Beauty and the Beast, the original Beauty and the Beast talked about that. Big-ass nigga comes through, saves the chick. We're supposed to save the chick. Turns out he's actually the villain. Uh, And, you know, I think, I think Hiccup puts it on Ted better only because he's this little fucking kid and we see him grow up but he still is a small guy Uh, not height wise but frame wise yeah who basically tells everybody the way we were thinking is wrong these dragons aren't bad um and I found that out and he takes the process of becoming a man. And he's respected in his clan. He's chieftain. I have not seen How to Train Your Dragon 3 yet. I haven't even seen... I saw... I was there for two, but I didn't watch it because... I saw, I saw it once at a drive-in, bro. And I couldn't even watch it because there was so much boom pals. Because I bought Amy with me. With us. And she couldn't sit still at all. 
Um, so I was walking her around most of the movie. So I couldn't sit still. Um, but yeah, there was all booms, pows, and all that. And but I did see one, and I remember how that went. So I find it interesting, bro. Real interesting. Like, I, I get it. Like, I, I, it pisses me off when it does. It does piss me off when I see men that don't cry, men who flex their muscles, indulge in pissing contests. Like, you want it? Like, when dudes, like, this has happened to me before. When a dude brags about how much pussy he gets to other guys, like, this is what makes a man. I get, I get bitches. And it's like, you know what, maybe, even if you do get bitches, even if the bullshit that's coming out your mouth is true, why do we give a fuck? Like, that's the question, you know? Like, why do we give a fuck about that shit? Like, what do you, what do we gain from it? All you're doing is saying unnecessary information that can make guys who are already insecure feel more insecure, and you're not helping anybody out, bro. Like, I understand not everybody can be an alpha, just like how not every alpha could be a sigma, but you're... The way I see it, I want to try to make as many betas. I don't, I, you know, I, I try to surround myself with alphas. And then, and then I'm on, I, want, I try to surround myself with sigmas because I want to be a sigma. That's what I want to be, my nigga. But I, I believe I'm a low tier alpha. Low tier. I say, I say low tier. Um, because beta don't sound good. Betas are the niggas that go in the girls' DMs and expect shit. And I hate online dating. And I will not go into further detail. Um, Because that's a whole different episode. But, right, like, why do we give a fuck? You know? Like, I'm going to do a whole episode on toxic femininity, too. These bitches out here. Boy, oh, boy. But, like, that's why, man, just... Like, I, I, I used to work with a guy like that, man. And I had to break it off. And we were we were becoming friends. We were hanging out sometimes and all that. And I would not feel good about being when I was with this guy. Because he didn't directly make me feel bad. He indirectly made me feel bad. Like, he didn't go out of his way to belittle me or anything like that. But I could not stand to hear this guy talk about how much pussy he got. And how many fights he was in. Because... It sounded like he was trying to prove something. And I'll be honest with you. I believe him. He showed me some pictures, man. <laughs> he showed me some pictures. And I I just... I'm trying to do my fucking job. Why, why do I give a fuck about this girl who's got claw marks on her back? Why? What does this matter, nigga? I'm trying to sweep a floor. What? Like, you're the reason I'm getting yelled at, my nigga. Come on, man. This shit don't matter, man. And there's guys like that out there all the time. And to be honest, I don't even like... Like... Well, guys. When you're with your boys, anything fucking goes, bro. When you're with your boys, anybody, anything's gonna fly out, G. You don't know nothing, bro. That's why I didn't get mad at Trump when he said grab it by the pussy. 
I did not get mad at Trump, bro. I'm a fucking mind you. I'm Green Party. I was Demo- I was Democrat, but now I'm Green Party. I did not get mad at Trump. I was looking at I was looking at Trump like they got him. Damn, they got him. <laughs> I was that was the one time I felt bad for Trump. In all honesty, bro, I was like, damn, they got him, bro. Because his thing, my mom was getting up in arms about it. You know, the rest of America was getting up in arms. I can't believe you said this. I'm like, my nigga, have you never been in a fucking locker room? I say worse shit daily. Then grab him out of pussy, bro. And then you got the rest of America talking about grabbing by the pussy. Listen, my nigga, like, come on, bro. If you, like, anybody's heard worse shit than that. Now, that don't mean it's good. And I'm telling you, 90% of the time, niggas are joking about that. It's more of an exaggeration and slash or just a position of what you need to do to get females. It's just jokes at the end of the day. Now, it didn't sound like a joke. And Trump never elaborated on whether or not it was a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will say that. Um, But I said, we're shit, my nigga. I say faggot. This gay's out there falling out their dicks. <laughs> I was gonna say mouth, but I was like, dick, see, bro. Fuck it, bro. Who gives a fuck? Where was I going with this shit, bro? I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. We say worse shit, bro. Who gives a fuck? I say worse shit with my boys all the time. But you pay attention to the podcast, bro. There you go. We say we say horrible shit all the time, bro. I made a rape joke the other day to had Isaac dying, and he couldn't even and he didn't want to laugh because of ethics. But he but he was laughing. He didn't want to laugh, but he was laughing. So like, come on, man. I made it like, come on. Now, like I said, I don't mean it's right, but it's funny. Like when Ari Shafir made fun of Kobe when he died, bro. Hey, not only was that too soon, bro, but your joke wasn't even a joke. It was some bullshit, bro. That's why niggas hate you to this day, bro. Fuck that nigga Ari. I never even thought he was funny. The most I think he did, bro. Like, I, I, I can't even say that. I retract that. Nah, fuck him, though. He said, he said you know, he spent a while in this and he hid behind being a comic. Fucking... Like, the, the, the most I liked that he did was put on This Isn't Happening on Comedy Central. Like, that was the most. And then even then, that nigga Roy Wood Jr. came and took that shit over. So, I think he was still producing it, though. But that was, like, the best thing he did, bro. And I'll say that, bro. Either way. Let me start a new one. I gotta start wrapping this shit up, though. But, yeah, yo. So, you know, like... I want to bring up another example. Uh, I seen the Hulk, man. Uh, if you were, re- if you've been reading uh, Immortal Hulk, bro. You know, I, as much as we love to see Hulk smash and Hulk smash, I'm an avid Hulk fan, bro, and that's because he's the man inside every monster and the monster inside every man. Well, okay, Bruce is the man inside every monster, and the Hulk is the monster inside every man. The problem is, Disney has made this nigga the worst 
the most childish, don't know what to do with his ass character I've ever seen, bro. Like, the, his, his greatest appearance as a character was Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That was the greatest use of, of the Hulk I've ever fucking seen in my life. Uh, because he had dimensions. Like, everybody just thinks the Hulk is this angry smash, that, that, that. No. Bruce Banner watched his father. Bruce Banner for the first, I think it was the first eight years. I think it was the eight years. Okay, for eight years of his life, he his father emotionally, spiritually, physically abused him and his mother. Every day, call him a monster. And Bruce was a shy, meek kid. He bottled up his anger and frustration. Never good. Developed jealousy issues and trust issues. And then when he was eight, he watched his father. Literally, he was him, his mother, and his father were driving somewhere. I forget where, my nigga. And his father literally pulled the car. We pulled them both out the car. And he beat his wife. This nigga, this nigga Brian, pulled his wife out the car. Killed her right in front of his kid. Right in front of her kid. This nigga squeezing on to like a fucking dinosaur. <clears throat> and if you read Immortal Hulk, this, what was this nigga's explanation? There was no love in my house. When I was growing up, he was beaten by his grandfather. He so when he had a taste of love, he, it was alien to him. He didn't know what to do, and his son, uh, his son felt like his his wife, like Brian Brian Banner's wife, was the only one that was giving him love. And when they had Bruce, Bruce. Brian felt like Bruce was taking away his only source of love. And he couldn't handle that. And you know what's crazy? Is that there's guys out like that walking around today. There's a bunch of guys like, like that walking around today, bro. They don't know what love is, bro. And then they act out. That's why men need, that's why boys need good fathers. That's why they need fathers. Getting raised by a single mother's great, bro, but there's no feeling like it. But, but when a father and a son love each other, that's a different feeling, G. I understand you got gay parents. That's great. Somebody's the, somebody's the mother, the, and then the other one's the father. That's great. That's great that they're both the same gender. Niggas took up the roles. I wasn't trying to throw shade at the gays, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. That wasn't me trying to throw shade at y'all. I'm just saying that for any of you fucking feminist out there who's like, oh my god, what about the same genders? I'm like, there you go. They take up the roles, man. Generally speaking.
okay? Because, man, listen, I'd rather have two good gay parents than one good parent and one bad parent. Or like a built character. Or it could go back. Or it could go sideways, man, fast. Either way. You never know, man. You never know, bro. It's a fucking Mario block. You'll never know what you'll get. So. And so this kid, man. And Immortal Hulk is the greatest Hulk comic I've ever read. Even better than Planet Hulk. Because we, it's trying to tell you that. The Hulk isn't just giant piece of rage he's got dimensions he's got levels like this is a tormented man watch his mother die his father beat him abused him and his only and he didn't find solace until he went to his cousin's house stayed with his family his father's sister his aunt like come on And so when Marvel, and let me start it off with, I'm not even going to touch, what's it called? Uh, I'm not even going to touch Superhero Squad because that's some bullshit on its own. And I actually enjoy that show for what it is. Uh, I'm going to talk, I'm talking about like Marvel movies. I'm talking about Hulk and Ages of Smash. I'm talking about. Avengers uh, uh, Assemble Like All anybody cares about is Hulk Smash Hulk Smash Hulk Smash Like everything Disney does Is always Spider-Man This Spider-Man ass Like yo This is a man who's troubled Never found peace Every time he finds peace Niggas rip it away Like This is a man that goes through hell On a regular basis Because And all he wants is help And all people want to do is kill him. Lock him up. But then what does the nigga... What does the niggas in the Mortal Hulk t- tell you? You gotta love yourself, man. You'll never find peace until you learn to love yourself. Because Hulk was dead staring at Bruce. Looking at him like, yo, bro. We gotta stop this or the world's gonna die. And Bruce was like, let the world die, bro. What the world ever done for me? Nobody loves me, which ain't true. But Bruce was like, but Hulk was looking at him like, I love you, bro. And then Bruce was looking at him like, you do? He was like, yeah, man. So Hulk, so Bruce that day learned to love himself. Read the comics, man. I get just, but the main thing was that Hulk cried, bro. There was a part where I saw the Hulk cry and it made me love him even more. Because I was reading all this shit that happened to him. I'm like, yeah, that's facts. It did happen to him, bro. And then Hulk couldn't fathom and understand why he feels so much pain, bro. It almost made me terrible, but I ain't gonna lie. Because he's a child that just wants to be loved, bro. He wanted the love of his father. And he hasn't heard his mother's voice since he was eight. Like, the man just wants love. You know? 
fucking Disney over here fucking. Oh, Hulk smashed this. Hulk smashed that. I, I heard. I heard this one nigga, the Nerdist. I think it was the Nerdist. No, it wasn't the Nerdist. It was one of them niggas on YouTube. Said Bruce Banner ain't that interesting of a character. I'm like, my nigga, have you not read a Hulk comic? Because that's what it sounds like. You know what I'm saying? Bruce Banner's just a mild-mannered guy. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Bruce, man, Bruce Banner is the G. Anyway, I gotta start wrapping this up. Y'all know where I'm coming from with this shit. Like, I probably didn't do a good job at explaining it. And I'll do another podcast later down the line. But... Toxic masculinity is some bullshit, just like toxic femininity, feminism, femininity. You know, I and that's that's something else I'm gonna get into, bro. Don't make listen. I'm gonna go on a rampage with that shit, bro. But yeah, you know, I understand where everybody coming from with toxic masculinity. You know, men cry, men need to cry, men need to tear up. Like, you know, fathers, sons need fathers, bro. I don't know why. You know, I I understand. I understand. I love watching a big fuck smash it, bro. I do. I really do. But there's more to this big fuck than just smashing shit. And sometimes we just need a big fuck smashing shit. And this other time, we'll get the emotional shit. But when we get more of one thing than the other, bro, there's, there's an imbalance. And that's really the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, anime isn't all bad. But the the one that's promoted usually involves the ones that are promoted is usually involves some guns, some titties, some violence, some titties. Like what, bro? If I want titties, I just watch porn. You know what I'm saying? So, all in all, bro, I understand toxic masculinity. It's some bullshit, and I'm trying to stray away from it in my own damn stories, bro. And it may look toxic right now, but it pays off later because there's a learning curve to this shit, kids. So. Anyway, and if right there, I'll stop because I feel like I'm going. I'm just gonna go on. Anyway, thank y'all very much for listening to this episode. I'll talk about toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity later. You know what? I'll make. The, how about this? I'll make this one a two parter, bro. Next week we'll do part two. How about that? I like that. All right, so this is Toxic Masculinity Part 1, and then we'll do Part 2 next week when I got a better scope on this shit. So anyway, I want to thank y'all very much for listening. Please follow the YouTube and Smash. Um, Yeah, follow me on IG, Antone and Smash 6, on Twitter, at VA Smash. I had to hop off the social medias, though, bro, because I was procrastinating. Still am, but I was doing a lot of it too fucking much, and I'm working on it, guys. I really am. Anyway, y'all, please follow the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Anyway, guys, take care of yourselves. Bye.